0: It is outrageous that casinos alone are holding up the entire state budget.
1: For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, Capitol Beer Chief and host of Under the Dome, and you're listening to our podcast for the week of September 18th, 2023. I'm joined today by my colleagues Avi Bajpai and Kyle Ingram. At the the start of the of the podcast, you heard the voice of Democratic Governor Roy Cooper who was griping about the holdup on the budget over, and I don't think anyone had this on their bingo cards, casinos. So it's uh, all about money, obviously, uh, but gambling this time. And this week was a doozy for a lot of different reasons and not just for what's in the budget, since we basically don't know any of that yet, Mm -hmm. but how... Things have been working between the two chambers, and none of us, I don't think, have been covering the legislature since uh, Republicans had the supermajority before, you know, when when Cooper was first in office, just when they had a a regular majority, and now that they have the supermajority, the dynamics are different because they have total control, so it's House versus Senate. And we saw a really clear look at that this week between uh, the way Berger and Moore interacted and really just the two of them more than the chambers i would say well maybe the freedom caucus yeah. and and burger
2: right yeah definitely on full display um especially with uh leader Berger basically no holds barred not not missing his words and making making it clear to reporters making it clear to everyone at the building that uh yeah they have total control but there's a lot of uh different there's different priorities for different for the different chambers um and uh, different ways that it kind of falls and plays out ideologically, too, Mm. in the caucus. So uh, very interesting to see this week uh, kind of internal uh, infighting among Republicans.
1: And we started, usually Monday's a pretty quiet day at the Ledge, and it it wasn't this week. We had a bonus uh, under the Dome newsletter that that Kyle wrote, because Monday usually isn't a lot of action going on there. And then Tuesday was the wild day. I guess it was Tuesday this past week. So... um, We're going to hear uh, exactly why all of this drama came to a head on Tuesday because people thought the budget was coming, and here's what House Speaker Tim Moore told us about the budget with casino and VLTs, what the chances were of that uh, coming up for a vote this week. Here's what Moore said.
0: While the majority of the caucus supported having gaming as a part of the budget, there were not enough votes to pass a budget. That includes gaming from the House.
1: So what does that mean for the budget?
0: Well, it means at this point, the only way the House can pass a budget is if it does not include gaming in it.
1: So Moore said he just didn't have the votes.
2: Yep. Sometimes that's it's it's as simple as that, basically.
1: But it's a numbers game. There's a variety of math there, right, Mm -hmm. as far as um, how many votes he said he needed or wanted versus how many votes there were and how many votes Berger thought there were yeah. so what was the actual count we heard 30 we heard 40.
2: Yeah we heard uh more coming out and saying that 30 house republicans had basically you know they met uh the week before last they had a lengthy caucus meeting then they had a l- lengthy caucus meeting It's house Re- past, republicans. yeah house republicans this past monday um i think The estimate we heard was four plus hours or something like that. So long into the night on Monday, even after all of that, they ended up at this point where 30 House Republicans, according to Moore, said they're not going to budge. If casinos are in the budget, they're not going to support it. Um, That's a big problem for Republicans because they need 61 votes to pass legislation, to pass a budget. If they only have 40 or 42, rather, um, that leaves at least 19 votes they need. Um, and 19 getting support from 19 Democrats is a fairly tall order. Well, they didn't
1: even ask, right? Yeah. So we saw like House Democratic uh, leader Robert Rees after the session, and then by the end of the day, the House just went home. Yeah. I put that in the headline. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to how the wrap of the day, really what this came down to, I mean, it's about casinos, but it's not just about casinos because it really is a relationship between Burger and more. And here's what Berger told reporters. So take a listen to what he said.
0: Uh, you know, at this point,
1: it's
2: not the casinos. Uh, it is uh, whether or not I can go back to my members and tell them that I have an understanding with the leadership in the House on a particular issue. It doesn't matter what the issue is. Uh, when I cannot do that, And it makes it very very difficult for us to get any kind of business done
1: so hearing burger talk he's talking in a normal voice but he was clearly angry and it's kind of one of those things where the press corps we see them all the time you you know have a read on on how how lawmakers talk about each other the tone they use and they and you know speaker moore is never going to say Senator Berger is something negative and Berger is never going to say directly Speaker, more. They'll use the leadership or something like that. And they're just mean one person. They never call them by their by their names, really. Um, But the what we all understood from talking to Berger so, so much and how he talks about everything that he was really not happy. No. And, um, you know, he said, as you all just heard, that it's it's larger than than just casinos and
2: he's basically saying there that you know they've been working on this proposal to um legalize some new casinos non tribal casinos for this whole entire summer basically since at least june that we know of these discussions have been happening what he's basically saying there is that they sort of have berger and moore according to him basically had an understanding that if this contentious issue if this could get a support, a support of a majority of the caucus, which is 36, at least 36 House Republicans, then that's, that's the benchmark. That's the threshold. That's what they're looking for. Um, Once you get that, then you can move forward. And um, that's, you know, that's basically Berger saying, telling reporters, he said that on Monday and on Tuesday, so he reiterated it on Tuesday, that he kind of felt like, uh, I mean, he was saying it himself, the goalposts had moved
1: right and you do i mean it it is shifting for what what kind of support you want on this and i think that part of the reason maybe Berger was was unhappy is that casino and he was you know earlier in the summer was like this is not the hold up for the budget but it it is you know it wasn't maybe at the time that he said that so the big things of course are the things that always divide the house and senate raises and tax cuts they both Want to give raises. The Senate doesn't usually want to give very good raises. The House wants to give better raises, sometimes about the same that the Democrats want for raises. The Senate wants faster tax cuts. The House is like, yeah, we like tax cuts too, all Republicans, but not at that level. So once they finally sorted that out, I feel like, you know, casinos was probably part of a background conversation the whole time, basically once sports betting passed. They're like, yeah. well, since we're talking about gambling, let's look at some Buy more gambling. Yeah. And then it ended up being this final final thing there was one thing what maybe a month ago where Moore's like oh we're almost done there's only a hundred things left or something like that well now it's really just one and Moore said that repeatedly just just one so anyway at the end of the day is you know people know the house was like all right we're going home so they called each other's bluffs essentially the senate's like we'll run the budget right now, let's take the votes with yeah. gaming. And the yeah. House is like, we'll run the budget right now, let's yeah. take the votes yeah. without gaming. And then they took their ball and went home.
2: I think Moore um, uh, was telling reporters uh, this past week after this whole, um, uh, you know, tensions flared, that it was sort of like a pressure cooker in the building. So, you know, I think it's it's one of those situations. He's kind of openly saying that, you know, um, tensions build up. You kind of have different meetings going on. You have the House caucus meeting separately, trying to figure out where the level of support is for them. Then you have reporters rushing over to talk to Berger, then more back and forth. And he kind of basically said, you know, we all just need to take a deep breath, go back, um, reevaluate, push this down to next week. So
1: let's also take a deep breath and come back. Um, And after the break, we'll talk about what things were like after that some of that pressure cooker steam was released. And, and Kyle, you were there like the following day, and I was there the day after that, and how, how things changed a bit with what they were talking about. And then also what they said about gun violence at UNC and what, what potential solutions are, and our picks for headline of the week. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Under the Dome. I'm Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn, here with my colleagues Kyle Ingram and, and Avi Bajpai. For the break, we were talking about. The, the drama, the tension between Senate leader Phil Berger and House Speaker Tim Moore when they called each other's bluff. And I was going to say they went home, but Berger and Moore didn't go home because no. they were around the next day. And you saw them the next day. So how did the how did the vibe change? In yeah,
0: the they came back Wednesday and things were definitely cooled down a little bit. But it was clear that there wasn't any room for anything to get done between the two chambers. Um, Moore said that they needed some time to just cool tensions and like retreat back to their ranks and get everything together but by the time we spoke at the house session on uh wednesday more still hadn't met with Berger, but they were planning on trying to get together and smooth things out but i mean it could be according to him a week two weeks until we actually get a resolution on this and starting to feel like that george w bush quote you know fool me once can't fool me again Uh, we keep expecting this to come but we're just keep getting the football pulled out from us.
1: I feel like that George W. quote is like so good and even the the bumbling of it that he did is just makes it that much more it's, like on it. yeah. it's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so on by thursday you know we, everybody knew that they had you know had this meeting and and um i saw both of them a, and that's asked separately that's
2: a good sign that things yeah. are improving a little bit that they're saying that they're meeting at least you know mm. so.
1: yeah so i'm trying to think what Moore said you know basically no no movement and burker said and it we was... asked
2: him on tuesday mm-hmm. um you i think we had heard that they were supposed to meet and we asked more uh, in, like, our second or third gaggle.
1: Oh, yeah. He's like, First I left, I left him like, a, I message. Left a message. Yeah, Yeah. so they definitely did not yeah. did not meet at all and, and had no plans to meet, but finally they did because what else are they going to do? They're the leader of yeah, the yeah. Allison yeah. Senate and yep. their party, you know? Like, you're going to have to sort it out, you know, even if you don't like each other that particular day or the next day or yesterday or whatever else, mm-hmm. you know? And I've noticed both of them again What I was saying at the beginning that they're very careful not to... Um, criticize each other specifically which is kind of that unwritten rule of politics that you don't always criticize people in your own party except for obviously like the never Trumpers and and, and that sort of thing or if someone you know does something particularly
2: egregious. Try to have a productive Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, outcome that yeah makes Mm -hmm.
2: sense and they also
0: i mean Moore will not criticize his own chamber either and we don't really know how he feels about the fact that they can't get gambling to go in there but he refuses to you know impugn any of his members for not getting on the same board with everyone right to pass gambling and he said he told us you know i'm not going to try to intimidate people in this caucus and want everyone to vote their conscience so
1: that was right, and that he said even though he supports it, he yeah. just doesn't have the votes. But the intimidation thing pretty much seemed like he was saying that's what the Senate does. And then you know I don't remember which reporter asked him. So are you saying that the Senate does this? And he's like, Oh, I didn't no, say. No, what are you no, talking no, no. about? Yeah. No, we're all yeah. best friends. So so Berger said their meeting was productive, and I tried to get a little bit more out of him, like, Well, how? In what way? And was this a touch base meeting? And where are we? And he's like, It was productive. We're Right, And that's really, I mean, the fact that they sat down the room together yeah. is is a lot of movement. So as you all are listening to this at the start of the week or whichever day you listen to the, the podcast or watch the podcast, so they probably met again. Is there any movement? It doesn't, you know, again, it's the legislature, so they're always full of surprises. Meanwhile, the Democrats are like, oh, hello, it's us. Like, we also <laughs> represent half the state. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? And so I'd mentioned Reeves earlier, Reeves and uh, the Senate Democratic leader, Dan Blue, had a press conference with a couple other Democrats where they're basically like, we haven't been involved in this process at all, we're not happy about it. Reeves called it a monarchy, saying that Warren Burger are these kings making decisions. And Blue's like, a monarchy? There's like, not all monarchies are bad. And, and he said, it's more like autocracy. And then I asked Berger later what he thought about that. And uh, Berger pointed out that, you know, Blue has been in power for a long time. And he was house speaker at one point. And things were a little different with uh, who's in charge. So I think, uh, I don't remember Berger's exact words, but it was the equivalent of like, Well, you know, he should know because like he's done this, you know, the same kind of thing when when parties are in power. So um, the other thing we need to talk about that um, happened this week is there was another lockdown on the UNC campus uh, because of gun violence there. Uh, Nobody was shot or anything, but um, it was another it was on campus. So the sirens and all the students being scared and the faculty and staff and, and all of this response. But it was also. Um, another example of workplace violence, like the physics professor who was, who was killed. And this was um, someone, you know, wielding a, a gun at, um, at a working shop. in the bagel shop yeah. on campus, another um, work,
2: workplace violence. So, And just one day after uh, several students from UNC and some other places, uh, A&T as well, um, were at the legislature uh, rallying for rallying with some Democrats for some of these gun safety laws, some of these gun safety measures, red the flag Mar- laws.
1: March for Our Lives and yeah. David Hogg, who, yeah. who does this a lot, that yeah. was the day that they planned to come, which they weren't talking about guns that day or legislation, but that worked out when March for Our Lives wanted to, to come to the building. Everybody has like these kind of lobbying days and advocacy days where yeah. you, you come try to talk to lawmakers, and yeah. that's a lot of what they did, even if you the know, lawmakers. Republican lawmakers, anyway, you know, weren't really interested in that. Aren't really the audience for that yet. And something we've
0: seen a few times this session is they packed the gallery and, you know, during the middle of House business, they started chanting, vote them out, vote them out. Right. Um, And the speaker, Tim Moore, responded saying something to the effect of, well, they must secretly be Duke students. You know, he said he was trying to relieve the tension, but Mm -hmm. came under a lot of criticism on social media for that comment, given that, you know, they were there to protest after the death of a faculty member at their university. So.
1: Right. I think that um, and, you know, reporters asked more about this and he is trying to, you know, diffuse the, the tension in the room. And I mean, the thing is, if you come into the House or Senate chamber, you can't as soon as you start yelling from the gallery, you're going to get escorted out. That's, you know, violates the rules of the of the building and um it is kind of more its personality to make some sort of quip about something
2: he makes a quip every single time someone disrupts the
1: yeah it was because he was introducing the unc
2: students i think right right as yeah exactly right as he was uh telling lawmakers right as they were convening that there was a group of unc students uh the chance broke out i mean that's you know that was that's the that's what they were there to do um, signaled their displeasure and protest. But
1: they wanted the of uh, attention, media attention yeah. of course, and lawmakers' attention. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. Protests. Yeah. 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 So um uh because of that um the attention on the um
2: the attention he got for how he sort of responded to that and then mm-hmm. this incident happening the very next day obviously lots of talk about uh about UNC in the news, about this incident, about just generally this conversation always comes back up about safety uh you know what what do you do how do you respond what what is the appropriate you know what should be on the table for lawmakers should they you know that that question always gets posed right. um and and right and more was talking about that
1: right because a lot of people the initial reaction is there must be laws that can solve this and uh Berger and more had very different reactions and and Berger, when when reporters asked him about it was that he he understands that people want to do something Mm -hmm. he said you know what specific law in this case and these were incidences that weren't weren't mass shootings with assault style weapons and that sort of thing which Mm -hmm. you know like the laws can get involved it was handguns and it was like regular not regular but a crime of um
2: more of like a personal conflict perhaps in the first
1: right so they were like they they already broke all these laws and um Moore went a little further where he said, you know, he has um, one of his sons, one of those sons works at the Ledge, I think, or or finished law school and does, uh, and the other one goes to UNC. And he said this is personal, but Moore went down on kind of a typical Republican talking point of the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun and and questioned that, um, you know, the gun-free zone idea and if more people were armed and he mentioned, you know, other crime that happens in, in downtown Raleigh and there's no sirens involved.
2: and Which the gun safety advocates, Democrats, are kind of like flabbergasted by. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, you know, this is another indication that on this issue, like many other issues, there's just uh, people too, much, thinking... too much daylight between yeah. Republicans and Democrats. It's really a matter of who, you know, just comes down to basically who's in charge, who's in power. Well,
1: I think more as more of the extreme... Or, I mean, not extreme, but the Republican of like, you know, gun and Berger was a little more tempered, saying that people understand and then yeah. like what are their specific proposals and that sort of thing. But uh, we're almost out of time. So let's get to our picks for headliner of the week. Avi, why don't you go first since yours is kind of related to what, you, what we've been talking yeah. about?
2: Yeah. So this was a big, uh, this past week was a big week for, um, conservatives uh, in Raleigh and uh, on Capitol Hill in, in, in D.C., um, you had a lot of pressure, uh, you know, I was basically thinking it's kind of like Speaker Tim Moore coming under some pressure from Republicans on basically what to do with, with the casino business, um, and then you have uh, Speaker McCarthy, um, Kevin McCarthy come, coming under pressure, intense pressure from a flank of his party about opening up an impeachment inquiry um investigating President Biden. And it's it's just an interesting comparison, interesting sort of uh point about how just because you get the votes, you become you get into power, um the House Republicans in DC secure a majority and they they uh take power. And then over here you have House Republicans get a supermajority. That doesn't always mean that it's smooth sailing. Mm. Um so okay. yeah.
1: Um, Kyle, who are, what's your headliner of the week?
0: Well, many people may not have noticed, but there were actually elections this week uh, in Charlotte and Sanford. It was a primary for local races. And uh, what was notable is incredibly, incredibly low voter turnout, uh, less than 5 percent in Charlotte. And then in Sanford, I believe there were less than 200 overall votes. So I, I was kind of interested in these races to see them as sort of a first test of the new voter ID requirement because they were it was in place for this but it's really hard to draw any conclusions at all because so few people voted. Um, We did see around, I think, 100 provisional ballots cast in Mecklenburg County, which could be a result of people not being able to bring an ID, but again, it's just so hard to draw conclusions when nobody showed up.
1: I've covered municipal elections for a long time, and those that have worked in local government or covered local government know that uh, local turnout in elections is very low um sort and the chronic problem well it you know local elections actually affect your daily lives yep. a lot more than uh, federal and state um although we of course love state government yep. here on the on the podcast um all right my headliner is earth wind and fire and the 21st night of september which is coming up at the end of this week and maybe you know the budget deal is just waiting for me to write the lead on that story yep. about how here we are or that it's already passed so um, shout out to, to Earth, Wind and & Fire, and I hope everybody plays that on Friday. So, all right. Uh, for the News & Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, here with Kyle Ingram and Avi Boshpai. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News & Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider. And sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.